welcome back to another episode of It's Never Fine. Today, we really want to discuss the topic of having the courage and confidence to be your true self and live your best life. And with that, we've invited our good friend and my work husband, Ryan. Hello. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. I know you have a remarkable story ahead for us, so we're both very excited to hear that. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Do you want to give our audience just a quick introduction to yourself, Ryan? Sure. So uh, again, my name is Ryan. I live in San Francisco. I'm 24 years old, going to be 25 this Friday on April 26th. So super excited to be a quarter century. (laughs) (laughs) That that doesn't make me sound any younger. I was going to say, it's scary when you say it like that. I know time's flying by so quickly. Um, so what else do you guys want to know about me? Well, I know you pretty well just from all of our shenanigans together, but I guess if you could just tell us about your background, I know you used to be a part of the Mormon community and I know now, now that you're out of the church, you are thriving in my personal opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe just take us along that journey and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I can give my life snapshot in a quick little summary. So to give you some context, so I grew up in the Seattle area and I grew up Mormon, which is also known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if anyone knows anything about Mormons or about LDS um, religion in general, is that it's a Christian religion and it's very like fundamentally strict with a lot of different beliefs and doctrines that really, I would say paint people in a very specific way of how they behave. And so I grew up in the church all throughout my adolescence. And even when I was 19 years old, something that Mormons do, men and women, is that they go on a mission for two years. And it's pretty much 24-7, you are a missionary. So you're like representing Jesus and your your purpose is to proselyte and baptize people into the church. And so I went to Brazil and I ended up having to speak to all these Brazilian families in Portuguese and try to like solve their problems in a foreign language and had to do that for about two years. And so pretty much my entire life has been super focused on like trying to do what God wants me to do and trying to be a good Mormon boy and at the same time, like trying to not let my like, as, as you know, um, I'm also a, a gay man, too. And so not al- allowing my gay tendencies to come out because that is inherently contradicts some of the Mormon beliefs. And so for me, as I've been maturing more in my life and as I entered university, I really had the challenge of trying to justify some of those beliefs with some of my inherent wants, which is to live authentically and to date men and to experience those experiences. And so honestly, in the past like few years, I've really had to shut the Mormon door and really explore more about my my authentic self. And so that's where I'm at today. And I now live in one of the gayest cities in the country, <laughs> San Francisco, <laughs> and it's super fun. And I have a, a lot of fun time with my friends. So everything's going well so far. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know that's super personal, but that's really amazing that you were able to like shut the door on something that was so close to you and such a big part of your identity for a long time. And that's really, really admirable. So for our listeners out there, what kind of advice would you have for, you know, those of us who are in the process or still trying to figure out who our authentic self is or like, how are we able to come to our true definition of ourselves or what is the definition of an authentic self? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I think so many people are exploring that today. And one thing that I've realized is that for me and learning who I am as a person, I've realized that I just have to have as many experiences as possible. Because when you don't have experiences, you won't know if you identify or if you like this or that, right? And so something I realized that when I was growing up Mormon is that I constantly filtered experiences because I thought they were bad for me. And yes, some of the experiences I've had in my life are bad for me, (laughs) but it was a (laughs) learning... I won't name those. (laughs) But those were honestly learning opportunities for me. And I feel like, especially since I graduated high school until now, I've had so many experiences that I never would have done if I was still Mormon today. And I've realized like I now am I'm a gay man. And that's something that makes me super happy. I I've now learned that like alcohol is something that I've adopted into my life. <laughs> like all happy. these like wonderful things <laughs> that Mormons don't do, right? Um, but it all comes back to like trying to be aware of your own inherent biases and dogmas, which may be affecting uh, any experiences that you are not taking or doing in a sense. Yeah. How did you, or I guess like, I know Mormons are not allowed to drink coffee and obviously alcohol. So when you were introducing yourself to that initially, were you scared at all? Or like, how did you like, even like pursuing, like, I guess more romantic quests, were you scared because you had previously viewed these things as bad things for you? Yeah, I you will think this is the craziest thing, but I remember when I was in middle school, I remember my first exposure to pornography, for example, mm-hmm. was MySpace. Yes. And I remember looking at MySpace and like finding like these really sexy guys in underwear. And I remember I would be looking at these profiles on my family computer and my heart was just beating so fast. And I was so nervous because this was so bad. And then I remember other. So back to your point, Selena, when I was exploring alcohol, I remember I was in the Las Vegas airport back in 2015 and I just got back from my Mormon mission. And I I was at this point in my life, I was like, kind of fuck it. I want to like try everything. (laughs) And I remember I bought this cocktail at a bar and I had no idea what to order. And I Googled like uh, cocktail, typical cocktails to order at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't remember what I ordered. I think it was like a seven and seven or something like that. (laughs) And... (laughs) That's really cute. <laughs> and I know, right? Right? And I ordered it and I drank it and I remember I was so nervous and I was so flustered. So yeah, it was very difficult for me to get to that step of being comfortable. But as I began to normalize some of those experiences, did it really come true to me that like, oh, like this is what it's like. And okay, I'm being influenced by like this idea of like this principle, which I don't believe in anymore. So it just it's just like a normalization process, okay. I would say. And you realized that you wanted to leave the Church of Latter-day Saints when you were in Brazil, is that right? <laughs> um I was I was a really dedicated missionary, yes, when I was in Brazil. And I feel like towards the end of my mission, I came to the realization that I either have to like fake it till I make it and marry a woman and 
tried to explore what that was like, or I had to come to the reality of what being gay is and what that means with my relationship to the church. So I would say like right after I got home, that was when I made that decision. That's really inspirational. Honestly, I don't think a lot of people would take the same course you did, you know, just leaving behind everything that that sense of security, that sense of comfort, that sense of feeling accepted. And I don't know, but obviously it worked out for you. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like, I, I don't know if any of you or any of your listeners have grew up with a, like, ideology, but, like, imagine, like, being 21 and you completely get rid of your ideology of, like, how you decide on what your values and principles and ways of, like, living are. Like, that is, like, a huge thing, right? And then you have to rebuild, like, what that is rebuild what that is for yourself and like understand like what is right and wrong and what should I decide to be right and wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How long did that take for you do you think to like rebuild your ideology or like your sense of your moral compass essentially? I mean I've been doing it since 2015 I would say and I think it's like a continuous process like I I think I'm still doing it today And, and that's why like my ideology today is all about gaining experiences and gaining as many experiences as possible so that's like I'm tried marijuana for this, and I tried this, <laughs> and I tried that, and I'm gonna go hike a mountain and go go to travel to this country by myself. It's all about experiences. It's not all about like substances. I keep bringing up substance examples, but it's about just doing things that I never have done before. Yeah. On that note, I know that you're a runner. Your Instagram page is just constantly you on these ultra marathons or just marathons in general. <laughs> when did you get into running, and how has that kind of influenced your, I guess, growth and your self-confidence? Okay. Yeah. I started running when I was in middle school and I started running, I think in middle school, you run like the 3k in competition, but really, it really started in high school when, especially with my long distance ultra marathons. When I was in high school, I got accepted to go on this expedition in Bolivia at, at 15 years old. And I remember when I was doing my interview for this program, um, I like ended up getting to the final round and I got accepted. And then I didn't even tell my mom I was doing this. And then I had to tell my mom like, Hey mom, by the way, I like want a trip to Bolivia and I'm going to run 120 miles in six days with this, with this group. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, that was where in that experience, I learned how much our body is like capable of doing amazing things where I got to run with about like a marathon a day for about six days with other youth. And I think that's really where my running career started off. And I I think that correlates exactly to some of my sentiments about like gaining experiences and how that's that's how we learn and grow is that like when I run these crazy distances, you experience like every single human emotion possible. You experience the lowest of lows, the highest of highs, And I feel like I just come from those experiences, like being so elevated and I learned so much about myself and my body. And that's why I like keep doing them, I guess, in a sense. Where is your next race, by the way? Are you going to Japan? No, I I wanted to run a race in Japan next week, but um, I decided not to. But I am running. My next race is in two weeks in San Jose. It's a hundred kilometer race. So I will be running that one. Wow, that's insane. Congratulations to you. Are you thinking of participating in the the cycling for AIDS thing that happens every year in San Francisco? Or I think people ride to San Francisco and it's a five day Yeah, they ride they ride from San Francisco to LA and it's a Got fundraiser it. for the A I think it's the AIDS Foundation. Mm-hmm. 
I would love to do something like that. However, I am not a good cyclist. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm much better on my feet in running shoes. So <laughs> maybe someday. A bunch of my coworkers are doing it. And well, for them, it's from LA to, to SF. But like, I was possibly thinking of volunteering and just hearing you talking about gaining new experiences. It's, it was something that I kind of thought like, oh, I don't know. I'd be very good at it. But you know, why not? Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So wait, you are doing that? I, I might, yeah. Oh, you should. That'd I know. Awesome. It's kind of scary. Calves for days. <laughs> While we're on the topic of gaining new experiences, I'm just curious. Have you heard of or possibly read the book um, Educated by, I think, Tara, Tara Westover? I have not. So it's a book that's basically been super popular recently and it's about this girl who she is like the seventh child of Mormon survivalist parents and so they yeah so they like subscribe (laughs) you sound like you kind of have an idea now so they like subscribe to like a very paranoid patchwork of beliefs I would say it's like they always think the government is is like at any moment going to invade and so like her mother is a midwife and an herbal he and her dad thinks he's got like the powers of a prophet they don't believe in modern day medicine or anything and so like her so it's a memoir on Tara's life and basically like she realized when her brother escaped that life and went to college that she needed to and so she taught herself to read because she didn't know how to read or write either she taught herself how to read enough to take the ACT and got into Harvard but like I was just wondering if you heard of that because it's also like a story of I guess breaking away of a lot from a life that was kind of molded for you as opposed to something that you like had set for yourself but yeah now you know no (laughs) no I have not I should read it now yeah yeah and again like as you guys as you both like talk about as I, I talk about like my Mormon past life and what that means like yeah Mormonism is a great case study in my life about how like we can break some of those barriers to learn more about ourselves, but it's not just like religion. It's like any type of like strong belief you may have that may be inhibiting you from learning about yourself. Right. Um, and I think that can come from like a geographical like culture you may be in, or like maybe you're, maybe one of your listeners is like in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they like may have this bias of like not truly being able to understand who they are fully because of like limitations of like geographically, right? So like for me, as I think about like this topic, it's being very, very aware of like what is affecting you and like what is influencing you and like really being aware enough to question all of those different potentially unconscious influences. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that yeah. definitely makes sense. I think for us three, because I know all of us, we would be the type of person that would question the influences on our in our lives. But for those of us or for people out there who I guess aren't that introspective or aren't that aware, can we help them or can we offer them advice or how? Yeah. What what steps would you say got you to the point of where you're very aware of where you are in life and you're very aware to the surroundings you place yourself in or the surroundings other people put you in, like the interactions you experience every day how have you gotten to this point of like self-reflection and and just being able to be true to yourself is even in pressuring situations that's a really good question i've actually never thought about that before (laughs) yeah same (laughs) 
But it's a really good question that we all need to like really honestly learn how to be more introspective. I think that's honestly why I run a lot is because it, it's the opportunity every single day in my life where I'm disconnected from everything and I'm completely focused on my body and I'm listening to my body. I'm listening to my breathing. I'm letting my mind just like wander. I think if you can find a way, whether it's an activity or placing your mind in a state of being where you can truly self-reflect, will you be able to do that? Because I, I honestly think back like when I was on, when I was a missionary and I was like, in it to win it when I was teaching people about X, Y, and Z. And I was so focused on my goals as a missionary. Like I was so unaware of like how I was behaving because I had like this goal insight and this principle and this way of working as a missionary that I was so like caught up in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like finding opportunities where you can like pull your way back. So whether that's like running or maybe Linda and you, Selena, like maybe you both can like make a pact to like check each other. Like whenever you're both (laughs) like maybe check each other and saying like, (laughs) Selena, like, why are you doing this? Oh, we do. We, can, we like, do. <laughs> we call each other maybe, out. Maybe it's all about finding a friend that can, like, check you if you're out of line or behaving in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to comment on how you're so cheerful. You're so optimistic. Like, you exude such positive energy. Have you Have you always been like this even before you found your true self, I guess? Like, have you always been this <laughs> happy and confident? Like, it was definitely the first thing I noticed about you. And this is, like, today was me meeting you for the first time. And, and you were just so cheerful when <laughs> you entered the call. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> Honestly, I do think I'm naturally just like very happy very seldom am I like sad or upset about something I'm always quite optimistic in everything that I do and I think for me too when it comes to meeting other people I always am giving people the benefit of the doubt I always think that there's something interesting about people that you can learn from maybe that was from my experiences on my mission or maybe I've just always been that way I'm not quite sure but yeah I think I'm like pretty optimistic as a person I would say that I'm not always super confident but I definitely try to be confident (laughs) (laughs) so Sometimes in my job, I'm in very uncomfortable situations yes. and I just put a smile on and even though my heart's racing, I'm just going to go for it, right? Yeah, jump yeah, in. definitely. I remember when we first met, I was like, oh, okay, like, I don't know how this guy is going to be. And then like we got talking and then <laughs> within five minutes, we're talking about our long distance relationships and I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, true friend. Oh my God, Selena, <laughs> Selena, let's share uh, how I introduced you at orientation. Do you want to go for it? Uh, um, <laughs> sure, I, I can do that. So we're at orientation and <laughs> so Selena and I both sat at the same table next to each other. And the facilitator of the orientation said, okay, so spend a couple minutes to get to know your neighbor and we want you to introduce your neighbor to the group. And as Selena and I started talking and we connected, we both were dating people at the same time, but we were both in long distance relationships. And I thought that was so funny. And so when we (laughs) went to go introduce our table mate to the larger group, the first thing I said was, hi, this is Selena. She's from LA and she's dating a guy in LA and I'm dating a guy in Salt Lake City and we're both in long distance relationships. The room's so quiet. Like this is... And, and I thought it was really funny, but apparently everyone else was stuffy in the room and like didn't think it was Yeah, funny, everyone so. else is like middle-aged in the room and like, if this is corporate America. And I was mortified too. I was like, oh my God, like I didn't think he would share this. And then, oh my God, our facilitator's like this... How old is she? Like 60? 
68. (laughs) She's like this old, like, white lady, and, like, she literally just didn't know what to say, and she was like, oh, okay. And then it was just silent for, like, a good couple minutes, and then she was like, Selena, are you going to share anything? And I was like, uh, Ryan likes to run. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, yeah, we really clicked on that long distance thing. I think we got very deep. I I think I was the first one to speak, too, and so I just, like, set the tone. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. That's okay. Like, something similar happened to me when it was at training, and I met this girl for the first time. She works in the OC office, and I'm in the LA office, so there is, like, a bit of distance between us, but, like, now she's one of my closest friends, and it was funny because we had to, like, go around the room, like, sharing a special fact about yourself. And they always make you do that. Like, there are no special facts, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Like, you're um, like, what do I share? Yeah, I didn't know what to share. <laughs> well, she, they made us share not just one, three special facts. <laughs> three? Yeah, three? That's a lot. Yeah. Who has that in their pocket? Exactly. Wow. And it's like, you, you got to tell me that a day ahead so I can, like, really think it through. But anyway, they're like, let's start with this table and, like, that was my table and I was the most social person at the table. So like, obviously people just pointed to me and I was like, okay, cool. And so like randomly, like one of my three facts was like, Oh, I'm, I'm plant-based or whatever. And then when it got to her, she's like, I just want to say I'm also plant-based just like her. And it's like, you know, it's weird how you like randomly connect with people on facts that you think make you like different from other people. Like for you, you guys are both different from other people because you're in like these long term relation, long distance relationships, and I don't know. And and everyone's like old in your room, so you're like outspoken as young folk, I guess. But um, yeah, like <laughs> literally though, you know what's you know what's weird, um, Linda is like when people ask that question as an icebreaker. It's weird because, like, I feel like humans want, like, connections and we want to build similarities with other people. But if everyone's going to share, like, something so unique, like, no one's going to be able to, like, identify with those. Oh, totally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, isn't the purpose to, like, share commonalities so you can, like, gravitate towards, oh, this person runs or likes to travel. Yeah. But if you say something so unique, like, you're not going to find that with anyone. I also feel like, I don't know, sometimes it's a bit competitive, especially in a younger crowd. I remember when I was an in and we had to do that like everyone was trying to one-up each other like oh like I've been to x many countries or like I speak x many languages and I'm just like "Uh, I I like Game of Thrones like I just don't know what else to say and yeah no I agree it definitely kind of I don't think it's the best move yeah I don't know why they make you do that maybe it's because they want you to say something that defines yourself and sets yourself apart from the crowd but like you said like that is goes against like innately what we do it's it's strange i don't know and why is that something that only office people do it's because office people are boring i don't know no i just work really hard yeah. and i'm just a hard worker my weakness yeah. is i'm a perfectionist yeah, i was gonna say what's your too weakness good. what's your weakness oh i work too much yeah. <laughs> i'm just too, too good at what i do yeah <laughs> Bringing it back to the topic here, um, Ryan, I know you live by a life motto, um, or at least just there's a motto hanging in your room and you try to live by that. Could you share a bit about that and how you have been striving to live by said motto? Yeah, I actually have a couple mottos. Um, I guess I I just like subconsciously adopt this, but I do have it on my wall. I have three of them, actually. So the first one says, fuck your fears. (laughs) 
<laughs> in the second. <laughs> kind of bold, but that's why I like it. I actually got it while I was still at BYU, which Ooh. was like a no-no. But scandalous. Kind of, I know, I felt kind of scandalous <laughs> having that in my room. And then my second one says, own your awesome. Oh. And then the third one says, fuck the shoulds, do the wants. Ooh. Ooh, right? I like that one. Really yeah, that is Aren't really cool. I like the last one. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like all of so, them, but like that one's pretty different. Yeah. Fuck the shoulds, do the wants, right? It's yeah. So true, and I, yeah. I realized I think I, I, I got these when I was in my exploratory phase of being Mormon and exploring what, what that means not being Mormon. And I, I realized that I've lived so much in fear about like what's gonna happen to me if I do certain things. Or what someone's going to think of me if I do something that they don't agree with. And I've realized it took such a long time to get to the point where, you know what? If I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And if someone doesn't like that, then that's their problem. And if it makes me happy, then like, who are they to have an influence on me? And so that kind of sentiment has merged into a lot of my different behaviors today and like what I stand for. So I guess if that's a motto for you, then and if you want to borrow it, uh, let me know. I can I can hook you up with some <laughs> where I bought some of the wall art. <laughs> Those are really good mottos, actually. I'm a fan. Just looking at the clock, I see that we are starting to run out of time. So just to end with a really good question, I would say, like, if you could go back in time to pre this life, like pre-gay, pre-breaking out of the... Pre-gay. <laughs> I was like going to say, is that yeah. possible to go pre-gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess come out. I don't know. And and also before you decided to like leave the church, like what, what could mm-hmm. you, what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time knowing what you know I now? I would say be confident in your decisions and follow your gut and don't second question your your decisions because for the longest time I always was on the fence about my decisions and what I should do and I felt like if I could give that same Ryan advice I would say you know if you feel something and you want to do something like stick with it and don't look back wow. that's good advice yeah, yeah. A lot of us tend to waste time, like thinking, "Should I book that trip to Bali or anything?" Yes, you know. Whereas Thank you, should you just, Selena. You should just oh do my it. God. I mean, I'm one of those people, Ryan. So I need you to help me out here. But yeah, <laughs> and also going back to your motto, like "fuck the shoulds, do the wants." Do the wants. Fuck the shoulds, do the wants. <laughs> Are you decisive about everything in the same manner, or is it just like life thing, like big life decisions? I actually feel like I'm quite spontaneous. Oh, you are. Okay, okay. I would say so. This last weekend, uh, like just a week ago, um, I now have a new boyfriend, by the way. Ooh. Oh, is it official? So. Yes, Ryan Squared. His, his name's also Ryan, Wait, by no the way. way. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> He's cute. He's, he's sexy. He is um, actually moving to D.C. Oh. Don't ask how this makes sense. My life is complicated. But about a week ago, I made the decision that I was going to help him move. So instead of flying back to San Francisco for work, I flew to D.C. And so like, I, like, I think I like, I like to think that I'm quite spontaneous and like to do things on the whim. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Everyone should just like... 
adopt some part of that lifestyle. I mean, take from your story what you may, but like, I think there are so many aspects of what you've told us today that like, I will walk away with having learned and will try to apply to my life. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to overthink anything. Just, just react and just go with your gut. Like if at least that's what it sounds like you did. Like you followed what you thought was right inside you the entire time. Yeah. And having become your friend, Ryan, like I definitely do view you as someone that I try to, I guess, learn from or model my life after, not really model my life, but like I do like, I like how you are very spontaneous and I do try, I want to apply that and be more spontaneous. So Thank you for the constant inspiration and thank you for joining us today on this podcast and allowing us to interview you. Yeah, we hope you had just as much as fun as we did hearing your story and like, you're just a great person. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) Okay, drinks this weekend. Drinks this weekend. Drag brunch this weekend. Are you going to be in LA? Yes, I am. We're just going to be drunk this entire weekend. It's going to be great. Okay, cool, cool. Yes. More substances. Yes, more substances. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. With more tea. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're new to the squad, hit that follow and subscribe button. Leave a comment because we'd love to hear what you think. And give us five stars because why would you give us four stars? Once again, live life like you mean it. Because really... It's never fine.